has got it going on. She's all I want, and I waited for so long. Stacy, can't you see? You're just not the girl for me. <laughs> Such a bad singer. Right before this podcast episode, we, I started singing that song, and well, I started singing it wrong. I said Stacy's world. I don't know why. Uh-huh. And then you're like, "Are you singing Stacy's mom?" And I was like, "Yeah." And then we just started going off singing it, and watched the music video. And it was so inappropriate. Yeah. I cannot believe that we used to watch things like that on MTV. It seems so normal because back when that music video came out, we were like 13, 12 years old. Mm-hmm. And the kids in it are 13, 12 years old. So it's normal. But when you watch it now, you're like, this is so inappropriate. It's so inappropriate. <laughs> anyway, if you if you want to know what we're talking about, just go to YouTube and put like Stacy's mom uh, song and you'll, you'll see what we mean. Anyway. Or don't even do that. Let's not. <laughs> Moving right along. Doctor said you got PCOS. Now go on, girl, just lose some weight. Till I took the symptoms into my own hands and reversed them naturally. So I became a dietitian to help my sisters feel the best they've ever felt. Take a step in my direction if you wanna prove them wrong and take control of yourself. Welcome, sisters. Welcome to today's episode of A Sister and Her Mister. We have nine lifestyle changes for PCOS that you can start today. It's going to be a great episode, but how are you doing, Colleen? I'm doing good. A little bit dehydrated. I feel like I'm not drinking enough water for how, how much I'm working out these days. Mm-hmm. But Sirak made a delicious breakfast, his slow-cooked omelet with his shallots maybe your Mm. stanley cup that you've been bragging about isn't really hydrating you like the way you think maybe somebody is drinking the water before i can even get to my stanley cup i will say 100 percent am because i was missing my water bottle for a few days because i left it outside even before that you just steal my stanley cup all the time i think we should move on time you're really just we're we're sidetracking the i'm just (laughs) 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 anytime it gets too much about me i'll just Let's do our Q&A. Yes. Okay. So first question is, my doctor said it's back ordered eight to 10 weeks right now and said a new study came out that one of the side effects is thyroid cancer. I think she's referring to Ozempic. Oh yeah. So this is referring to a post you made about the the three-part series you made about Ozempic. Yes. So I feel like there aren't enough long-term studies on it, let alone any studies on PCOS women and Ozempic specifically. Um, I'm yet to come across one. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm seeing that, you know, this sister is pointing out that it could lead to thyroid cancer. I mean, all of these medications can lead to all kinds of things. So it's definitely something to consider when you decide to go on it. You always want to have an exit plan. You always want to think like, okay, like maybe I need this right now. But in the meantime, what can I do to improve my PCOS journey? So one day when I get off of it, I can keep the weight off. Yeah. And also from what I understand, the Ozempic or semi-glutide, whichever one you refer to, mm-hmm. um, has been shown in lab animals to cause thyroid cancer. And that's where that, that's Ooh, where that's that where statement that comes, from. In, comes from. So it's not that like it's not in human studies that this was proven. However, the fact that in, in you know, animal studies, it shows yeah. that there is a chance of thyroid cancer. That's something to be aware of, something to definitely note um, for anyone who's taking it. Yes. Well, Next. it is really loud outside our room. I, I hope it is not being picked up. <laughs> The electricians here. (laughs) All right. So next, we have another comment. Hit it, babe. 
Yeah, this is from Erin, and her comment is, My doctor pushed this pretty hard on me, rather uh, medicate me than to help naturally. So glad I said no, thanks for shedding light. For those that don't know, we just did a recent episode and like a whole three-part series on Instagram about Ozempic. So we're just reading some recent comments about that. So yeah, just wanted to shed some light on it. And we even have another question related to this from Kas. Um, what are the alternatives? How else can insulin overload and insulin resistance be treated? And are there uh, natural non-pharmaceutical options? Yes, there are. And that is such a good question. And I really wish that before being presented with Ozempic or birth control or metformin, we're kind of given this kind of knowledge. I wish we were given this knowledge so that we know that insulin resistance and PCOS weight loss is something that we can control by changing our lifestyle. And just going back to that for that second comment about how the doctor pushed this pretty hard on her and um, she is happy that she didn't take it. It's just for some people, it can help kickstart the PCOS weight loss journey. And for others, it can be something that is kind of a crutch. And then when you get off of it, all the weight comes back because in the meantime, perhaps you didn't have the tools to manage your insulin resistance naturally while you were taking the medication. So that's why it's really important to discuss alternatives. We're going to get to them in this um, episode, the nine lifestyle changes for PCOS, but I can give you some insulin resistance tips just for this last question about alternatives to managing insulin resistance. And one of the most important ones that I have is to definitely understand your carb tolerance instead of completely cutting out your carbs. Because I feel like the easiest way to reduce insulin is to just tell someone to never eat a carb again. And in fact, that's not a long-term solution and it can create a lot of food anxiety, anxiety around carbs in general, a bad relationship with food. So I don't suggest cutting them out completely, but instead slowly lowering it and seeing where your body is most comfortable. Tracking it for a short period of time just to see like starting at 150 grams of carbs, how do you feel nourished or fatigued? And then go from there and slowly reduce it until you're at a point where you feel satisfied with what you're eating. Yes. And um, our last episode of the podcast was actually insulin resistance symptoms and natural treatment. So if you want to listen to the full episode, it is the most recent episode of this podcast. And the one before that is the episode about Ozempic. So we got you covered with uh, basically all these um, most recent topics. Yes. All right, so let's jump into our main topic of today's episode, which is nine best lifestyle changes for PCOS. Now, these are nine tips that we have, and it doesn't mean you need to go and do all nine today or even all of them all together. This is just some nine tips that you can you can extrapolate from. Extrapolate. Pull from pull. and incorporate to your life as, as you see best. Yes. Great point, babe. I feel like we often get overwhelmed when we're given a list of things, but we never want to do that to our listeners. Just pick one, start with that, and then build on it. Yeah. So the first one that we have is learning and understanding your PCOS type. This is something we talk about very common on our Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, wherever, and on this podcast. And the reason why is learning your PCOS type can essentially help you learn where the root cause of your PCOS is coming from, whether that's, you know, is it inflammation, is it insulin resistance, is it adrenal fatigue, thyroid? Is it a combination of some or all? So it can be uh, varying, of course, for each person, but it's important to know which ones you may have. Yeah, especially because 
if you are super insulin resistant, more than any of the other PCOS types, then that's the one you want to start managing. And that's where you want to start. You know, you can't tackle everything at once. If you're really insulin resistant, you have really bad cravings, your blood sugar is everywhere, then let's start with that and start to manage the insulin resistance by understanding your carb tolerance or taking supplements like Ovacetol to help and support you eating higher protein. You know, there's so many things you can do to get your blood sugar more stable, including adding more fiber to your meals and making sure you're having like a 35 gram protein breakfast shake like smoothie to really set yourself up for good blood sugar control throughout the day. Then you can move on to the next thing, which might be reducing stress and managing your adrenals better and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So discovering your carb, your carb, your PCOS type is so important to help guide your journey and just see the most results in the beginning by targeting like the biggest issue. Yeah. And um, to help you find your PCOS type, of course, we have a quiz, but keep in mind that's not a diagnosis, but we highly recommend also going to a doctor and getting some sort of a lab test done, um, specifically like a functional test, um, which can really help basically stop you from guessing and just help you figure out where to focus on going to the future. Yeah. It's really worth the investment. We know it can be expensive, but um, for long-term purposes, like it's really worth the investment. Yes. Definitely. So next is limiting your alcohol consumption. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, I'm not like an all or nothing type of girl. Like you're going to have some alcohol here and there. You're on the beach. You want a mojito. Live your life. But I will say PCOS SOS, this book that I love, does have a part in it that says you should avoid alcohol like the plague. (laughs) It's a little too much. It's a little dramatic, but I do refer to it a lot when I talk about alcohol because she has a point. We, with PCOS, if you have insulin resistance, it leads to fatty liver. Fat accumulates around your liver and makes it harder for your liver to work and detoxify your hormones and just like function, right? And then if you drink alcohol, it makes it even worse, even more difficult to get rid of those excess estrogens and, you know, it can lead to symptoms of PCOS because you have all these excess estrogen hormones in your body. So long story short, you really want to support your liver. It has a huge role in your hormone health and alcohol is not doing that. So when you read like women can have a cup or two of alcohol of like wine a day, don't listen to it because they're not talking about PCOS women. Yeah. Of course, moderation, but even like daily is we would think is a little bit too much. Even it's like one glass a day could be, will be too much for a PCOS person we would think like a couple times a week is okay exactly did you hear about that sister who took ovacetol and finally got her period after a year of not having one incredible I see those kinds of messages on Instagram a lot. How does that even happen? Well, Ovacetol helps with healing insulin resistance, a common root issue that most PCOS sisters have. And by targeting insulin resistance, we're seeing sisters kick those crazy cravings, finally regulate their periods, ovulate, and improve their egg quality. Each packet of Ovacetol has a 40 to 1 ratio of myo-inositol and D-chiro-inositol. This ratio is similar to the ratio that should be found in the body, but with women like 
like me who have PCOS, this ratio is often imbalanced. So taking Ovastol can be super effective in treating insulin resistance starting from the root of the issue. So awesome. It tastes like nothing, so just warn me when you put it in a cup so I don't drink it. You got it, boo. Check out the link in the description to get 15% off your order. All right, our third one is going gluten and dairy-free. Of course, this is something that we talk about all the time. And it may not be for everybody, but we do feel it can, have, it can be very beneficial for those who are experiencing a lot of inflammation, experiencing insulin-resistant symptoms, as well as thyroid issues. And headaches, joint pain, weight gain, um, like inflammatory symptoms, because gluten ha- and dairy have proteins in them that can be very inflammatory. Um, for example, casein in dairy and gliadin in gluten. And they can be addicting as well. And that can make you more drawn towards dairy and gluten and creating more inflammation in your body as you're consuming it more and more because you feel addicted to it. So there are a lot of research studies about this. And if gluten and dairy are inflammatory foods, then think of PCOS. It's an inflammatory condition. And the more gluten and dairy you eat, the more you're throwing fuel into that flame of inflammation. And so you really want to find out if gluten and dairy are culprits of the underlying inflammation of your PCOS. And so you just cut it out for 30 days and see how you feel. I know you're not going to be perfect at it at first. It takes a little bit to get used to, of course, but just try it out for a period of time around 30 days and see if your symptoms get better. And then reintroduce it back in and see if you have flare-ups. And that's how you'll know if these foods are affecting you know, your cystic acne, your mood, your joint pain, your skin, your weight gain, your fatigue, and so on and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. So a quick recap, we have one to one is discovering your PCOS type. Number two is limiting your alcohol consumption. And number three is going gluten and dairy free. Mm-hmm. Number four, and sorry to keep on the like reducing or like lowering kind of a theme <laughs> here, but number four is going to be um, reducing caffeine intake. Now, this is, we're going to say reduce, we're not saying cut out again, and this really depends on you. Now, if you're drinking coffee all day to sustain energy and it's barely working, then we'll be completely honest with you, it's probably time to cut down on coffee and stop depending on it because it's probably not doing much in the first place. If you're like drinking all day and you're barely getting anything from it, that means your body is now desensitized and it's just experiencing, you know, like it's just barely like running on steam or anything. So um, for a lot of people, the reason like caffeine becomes a crutch is because of their cortisol and their melatonin levels. When they wake up in the morning, their cortisol levels are supposed to be high. But for a lot of women with PCOS, it's not. And they end up waking up tired and throughout the day, they feel really fatigued. But then at night, they can't go to sleep. The reason is their cortisol remains low all day long. And then all of a sudden at night, it spikes up. Maybe it's due to lifestyle. It can be genetic. It can be um, through workouts, anything. But your cortisol level can spike at night, causing you not to fall asleep. So you really want to control your cortisol levels and drinking coffee throughout the day is not going to help you lower them for the evening or keep them high throughout the day. So, I mean, like, it's not going to help you, like, keep them high in the morning and lower them throughout the day. Exactly. And I think something that might sound nicer is to say replace 
coffee. Oh, Maybe yeah. replace it with decaf coffee. Replace it with spearmint tea, which is so much better for PCOS. You know, just replace that warm cup of whatever with something else that's actually good for us. And your brain will kind of start getting used to it. And also it's not easy. It's like totally cut out caffeine. So maybe reduce it like little by little. Um, Actually in the sisterhood app, we have a caffeine tracker and you can track how many cups of coffee you had that day and just see your progress. Like Mm -hmm. maybe last week you had three cups a day and this week you're having two cups a day and just slowly reduce it. And you'll start getting more proud of yourself when you see like your progress and feeling better. Yeah, absolutely. And we have the link to the Sisterhood app in the bio. I mean, in the bio. <laughs> Description of the Description episode. of the episode. Number five. Number five is going low-ish carbs. So as I said earlier, it's like one of the most frustrating things, being told to never eat carbs again. It really slingshots women with PCOS into having like bad relationships with carbs. And um, not only that, it's just like doesn't help with the weight loss. Of course, some people lose weight cutting out their carbs, but eventually you're going to reintroduce it. And you might find that you gain the weight back because you didn't introduce the other elements of managing your blood sugar. And it was only about cutting carbs. So, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) So I never recommend like a crazy cut your carbs kind of goal. But I do recommend starting around 150 grams and slowly lowering it to see how you feel. And if you're like really tired and sleepy after your meal, then perhaps your carbs were too much. And if you're hungry and you're craving things after your meal, perhaps you didn't eat enough carbs or you need to add more protein to your meal. And so you just want to test it out and really be aware of how you feel after your meal for a couple of hours. If you're craving cookies or that might mean that your blood sugar is high because you ate too many carbs at lunch. So for more information on how to discover your carb tolerance, we have a section in the Sisterhood app where I talk all about it because it can get a little bit complex and you want to track it as well to make sure that you're doing it correctly and really aware of all of your symptoms and able to find your carb tolerance. Yes. All right, number six has a bonus. So number six is eating intentional foods. Now, what we mean here is that there's more to eating a, uh, there's more to eating healthy for PCOS than, of course, like managing your carbs. There's, of course, the specific types of food you eat that holds like uh, benefits, nutrients, and vitamins that are really helpful for PCOS. So when we talk about eating intentional foods, we have a list of 10 foods for you that you can add to your diet and see if it can be part of your daily or weekly uh, lifestyle. Grocery list. Grocery list, yes. So these 10 food items are, I'm just going to go through them. First one is lentils and beans. A great gluten-free carb. Boom. Second one is avocado. A great substitute for anything dairy because it's a healthy fat. Mm -hmm. Third one is nuts. A great snack. Salmon. Get your omega-3s. Number five is berries. A low-sugar fruit. Number six, leafy greens. Lots of fiber and great for detoxifying hormones. Dark chocolate. Love it. A square or two. Turmeric. So anti-inflammatory. Pumpkin. Lots of zinc. And tomatoes. Tomatoes? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything for that one. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. It's good flavor. I don't know what to say. I mean, it's an antioxidant. Yeah, and like it's versatile. You can put it into anything and, you know, soup, sauce. Oh, it has sauce. lots of fiber and it's anti-inflammatory. Vitamin yeah. C, vitamin A. 
fiber. Great for your adrenals. Okay, yep. I like it. Yes. <laughs> I made that list. <laughs> okay. All right. Number seven. Number seven is exercising regularly. So this is honestly one of the best lifestyle changes you can make. And also, in my opinion, for me, it was the hardest because I wasn't always into sports. I wasn't ever into sports. I mean, I played tennis, but it wasn't like I wasn't competitive. And working out was like a two, three times a week, if I'm lucky, kind of thing. But ever since I got into the swing of things and my 6 a.m. workouts with my sister, our slow-weighted workouts together, this has made me obsessed like now I go four times a week and I have become a regular, <laughs> but it took time to get to this point. How good does it feel when you walk in the gym? Everybody's like, hey, Talene. Yeah. It's a morning crew. Yeah. Well, you know, and it wasn't always like this. It only started like six months ago. And here I am 31 years old next week. And I can say that old, it, old age. it was not <laughs> easy to come to this point. But now that I have, I don't think I will ever stop working out consistently four times a week. I mean, and if I do, someone tell me in the DMs that I I said this and I (laughs) took back my word. But exercising regularly, it takes time. Don't be hard on yourself and listen to your body and don't force it either. Because if you have the type of PCOS where you have adrenal fatigue and you would rather take a nap than work out, I'm going to tell you something that no one will tell you. Take a nap. Don't work out. Get your body some rest because your adrenals are shot and you should probably just go on a walk and do the things that keep your stress hormones nice and low. Of course, don't like ruin your sleep cycle with a nap every day, but I'm just saying like <laughs> if you don't feel like lifting weights, don't. And take, go on a walk, and you go can go on on a walk or do nothing. Or play something that you like that's like not, not high intensity, like yeah. sometimes tennis is, you know, something active, but that keeps you happy and... You know, if it's not for you at that moment to like go lift weights, then first manage your adrenals. So, I mean, I know this like speaks volumes to a lot of people because a lot like 33% of women with PCOS have adrenal fatigue. And when I had it, like the last thing I wanted to do was work out and I was forcing myself to do it and it was making it worse and I wasn't losing weight. Mm. And then I did yoga and I was just the weight was flying off. I was happy. I was excited to go. I was so relaxed and it was so different. So, you know, there's different seasons of your PCOS journey and you might be in one where you're better off doing lower intensity workouts. Yeah. Slow weighted workouts are that too, but you might not want to lift weights in that moment. Yes. Very well said. Thank you. Number eight is taking vitamin. Well, I feel like mm-hmm. I was done. You have more to I'm say. I'm out of breath. I just. No, okay. take it away. Number eight is taking vitamins and supplements. Of course, when we talk about this nine lifestyle changes, we talked about how some of these may not be applicable to you, and we talked about how some of these are bonuses as well or extras. So when we talk about supplements, we know that they're not always necessary, but they can fill in the holes and the gaps that are caused by PCOS or let's say um, insufficiencies that you can't uh, fill into your diet. So you want to take supplements or vitamins that are going to fill in those gaps and help with inflammation, help with boosting your insulin resistance, help with thyroid issues and anything of that nature. So anytime you also take supplements, you want to make sure that they're good supplements from a quality quality place. That's why our supplement company, Overfit, has been designed for PCOS women, not just by uh, using dosages that are based on research studies for PCOS women, but also lab tested and 
100% guarantee that these also have what's on the label and that they're pure in quality. So anytime you're getting supplements, you want to make sure you're buying them from a company that follows those protocols, that they are lab certified, and that they are also following the dosages that um, were used on women with PCOS. Because at the end of the day, you want to help with those symptoms and yeah. make sure that the dosages are appropriate. I want to go back to what you said about nutrient gaps because PCOS women, we tend to have nutrient gaps that aren't like talked about enough. For example, if you're insulin resistant, you're more likely to be magnesium deficient and magnesium plays a huge role in your um, stress levels and your ability to sleep at night and your hormone production. So it's really important to make sure that you're taking a quality multivitamin that covers these nutrients that we're missing, like magnesium, zinc is also another one of them, and B vitamins that get stripped out of us when we take things like metformin and birth control. And also something that nobody is talking about enough is that PCOS women, we struggle to absorb omega-3 fats yeah. because of inflammation it kind of inhibits this enzyme called the D60 enzyme. And not to get too sciencey, but basically we struggle with absorbing omega-3 fats from avocados, seeds, nuts. And although they're super nutrient dense and wonderful for us, um, we can't absorb the omega-3 fats from them, except we can absorb it from fish because we don't have to convert the omega-3 with the D60 enzyme when we eat it from fish. So it's easier to absorb from there. And that's why we included a fish oil supplement in our Metabolism Plus line, because it's so important for the building blocks to our hormones to have omega-3 fats. And so, of course, we included it in the supplement line. Sirak actually walked out on this podcast just right now because he got a phone call that's very important. So I will be continuing with the ninth lifestyle change for PCOS and he'll be back in a second. So the ninth lifestyle change is practicing self-care. So this requires a bit of a mindset shift. For a while, like you kind of think, oh, I have to do all of these things for PCOS and I have PCOS, so I have to go on my walk and I have to eat gluten and dairy free. And you kind of get this into this like rut sometimes where it's a little bit overwhelming. There's just too many lifestyle changes. But when you approach it from the angle of self-care and also be compassionate with yourself and realize that you don't have to be perfect at everything, then it's a lot easier because you realize that like, okay, just like when I take time to like wash my face at night and take off my makeup or put on my makeup in the morning, these are you know, self-care practices that a lot of people do. Pouring myself some spearmint tea is just as important as that. This is also going to be part of my self-care routine. That kind of mindset shift will get you to do this long-term and actually be like really happy while you do it instead of going towards it in a way where it's like, oh, I have to do this thing. Um, for example, I really look forward to breakfast. It's 35 grams of protein. Now I eat like 40 or 50 grams of protein for breakfast. I like doubled up my protein powder scoop just because I've been working out more. But I look at it as like a self-care moment where I'm really setting myself for good blood sugar throughout the day and I'm feeding my muscles and I'm like complimenting my workout that I did in the morning and the mornings have been just like dedicated to self-care lately, especially with going to the gym so early. And if it was any time last year or the year before, I'd, 
I wouldn't even dream of going to the gym before 6 a.m. But you know what? Like somehow the mindset shifted. Me and my sister, we go together and the workout in the morning and the breakfast afterwards, this is like my self-care routine. And I sit down at my desk by like 8.30 and I'm like, yes, it's 8.30 and I already did a couple of really good things for my PCOS that I feel nourished. I feel really rejuvenated and happy and it was self-care. And if you asked me this like five years ago, I'd be like, oh, I have to go to the gym, drag myself there, do this workout. I don't know what to eat for breakfast. Like it just, I didn't have that like self-care mindset. So mindset shift is everything. C-Duck's back. I am back. I apologize. <laughs> I got a, I received a really important phone call. I did not want to miss. I'll tell you after. Okay. Oh my God. I don't want to like try to call them back and try to get them yeah. on the phone again. Um, I had to pick up. So sorry about that. Where were we? We finished the nine lifestyle changes. Okay, well, amazing. Amazing. And we're on the wins of the week. All right, well. Hit it, Jack. Is it, are we with the first first win of the week? Yes. All right, cool. Well, sorry for my uh, absence, but I am back. Our first one of the week is from Gypsy Rose. Uh, she says, loving my strawberry lime flavored spearmint tea. Brewing two days at a time, six cups with dry loose leaf tea for 10 minutes. Strain before it gets too bitter. So she says, brewing two days at a time, six cups with dry, loose oh, leaf tea for 10 minutes. Because she's having three cups of spearmint tea a day. Yeah. So instead of making it every single day, yeah. she's just... And then she says, mm -hmm. divide it into two by 750 milliliter jars, pop some pieces of strawberry in, <gasps> and let sit in the fridge overnight. Juice one and a half limes into a jar that is being consumed on the day, and add limes. a couple of frozen strawberries to the glass... That the serves get poured into. Wow, you really did it this yes. time. Yes, and there's a picture of the <laughs> cup. It looks so nice. That red is beautiful. She's definitely taken a PCOS lifestyle change and turned it into self-care. Yeah. Like, she's taking time to make it the way she likes it. And it looks so delicious. In fact, I'm going to go downstairs and make this. Yeah, this is, in our, <laughs> this is from the Facebook group, too. So shout out to Gypsy Rose for making this delicious drink. It looks so yes. good. Let me write this down. I need to make this. All right. Next is Brittany Henry. She says, I just wanted to tell you how much you've changed my life. I followed your sisterhood for so long. I wanted to have a baby and lose weight, but my PCOS made it extremely difficult. After watching you and your husband, I lost 80 pounds. Wow. Amazing. I had three miscarriages, but you sent me a free supply of Ovacetol for appearing live on your Instagram. And it's the one thing I hadn't tried. So I'm in combination of eating gluten and dairy free. I started the Ovacetol. Four months later, I finally had a Bible pregnancy. Now I just entered my third trimester and I still can't believe it. I owe this totally to you. I can't thank you enough for the changes you have made in my life. Oh my God, I could cry. Oh my God. Brittany, that's, that's so, so nice. amazing to hear. We're so happy for you. And Congratulations on everything throughout your PCOS journey. This just goes to show everyone should join our Instagram lives because Sirak is throwing out free Ovacetol <laughs> left and right. But that's amazing, Brittany. That's we wish awesome. you the best throughout your pregnancy and cannot wait to hear about the good news. Yes. Sirak, do you want to share with everyone who called you? <laughs> <laughs> it was spam risk. Oh, was it? <laughs> just kidding. Okay. 
All right, sisters. Ooh. This was so much fun. Yes, it I was. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And I hope you apply one of these lifestyle changes and tell us all about it in the sisterhood. You can join the sisterhood in the link in the caption, in the description. In the description. Oh, my God. In the it's description. Only our, it's only like our third year podcast. We have a private Facebook group where me and Sirak are very active in responding and reading everyone's comments. We live for the private Facebook group. Just... Let us know how you're doing. Definitely try one of these lifestyle changes. We mm-hmm. want to hear all about it. Yes, absolutely. And until next time, sisters, we love you. Have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out The Sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS. From stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office, to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again.